So it's still the same night I recorded the last episode I uploaded. Um, and I realize it's been <laughs> what, like nine months since I uploaded to my podcast. I just, you know, I'm sure if you listen to that, you could tell I had a rough week and I was trying to work through some of these conversations and thoughts and stuff. And, uh, I just felt like recording that I didn't really intend for it to go on my podcast, but I don't see any reason why I can't. Um, I'm wanting to follow up a little bit on it. You know, I was just kind of venting in a lot of ways and it kind of turned into more of a podcast, like talking to an audience kind of thing. I was really talking to myself at first. Um, but Hey, if you talk to yourself, you might as well record it and share it with people, I guess. Um, let's see. I guess the first thing I kind of have a list now. Usually, of course, I've only made six, seven now with this one of these, but I think I want to get going on doing it more often again, and I'll kind of catch you up maybe on the next one and let somebody who might might be in the future listening through this and like, yeah, whatever kind of an update on the big gap and what I've been up to and whatnot. But so I have the, a kind of list that I keep when I'm doing these just basic outline of points I want to make or things I want to talk about and not forget to talk about. And, uh, first I want to try to steel man the argument that my family was trying to make to me because I didn't really completely do that. Um, I did mention that the strongest part of their argument is good about the hospital issue. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit more. Um, and I wanted to say, I, I mean, steel manning, the problem is, I think steel manning their argument is hard because I don't think it's a great argument. <laughs> and I'm not trying to put you down at all, but I just, I think that the unknown risk that I talked about in the last episode outweighs all the other factors for me. Like there's, if I were 60, you know, the calculation changes. I have less time to potentially hurt with any ill effects of the vaccine in the future. Um, I'm more susceptible if I'm 60 to the virus in the first place, just based on the statistics. And it's just different. And, uh, you know, if you're 
if you have like an immune deficiency issues, I think that getting the, getting the vaccine is probably a better option at my age. But as I covered my, I trust my immune system. I just do. It's robust and it's served me very well. And, you know, there are other things about my body that don't work as well, (laughs) but my immune system's a, a good, a good one. Uh, so yeah, that was my non steel manning the argument, but I think the argument is essentially that the, what I got out of it and steel manning an argument, by the way, if you haven't heard of it is, excuse me, is the opposite of a straw man argument is why it's called that. The idea being a straw man is when you set up your opponent's like weakest point or a misrepresentation of their point that you think you can get away with and then knocking that down. And the point is it's not impressive to, to fight a straw straw man as opposed to an actual, the actual argument that the person's making and it happens all the time. Like that's, one of the points that I guess I'll get to a little bit later about red, red pill. I'll, I'll need to explain more about what that is. I, uh, you know, it's speaking to my family. If they end up hearing this, I, I want to have a conversation about all of this stuff. And I'm, I'm disappointed that, that we couldn't even make it a week of like just open conversation about it before two of my family members decided they were done having a conversation about it. And, uh, you know, I, (laughs) I didn't do the best job of explaining myself. So, I kind of left off with, they sent me the articles about the hospitals and, and things. And I, and I get the hospital that part of it, like I get that. I'm, I am concerned about that. I just don't think it's my responsibility. There's nothing I can do about it. And I'm, I'm, I think that the small amount that the vaccine would protect me over what I think my immune system can do is not worth the risk. And I I think that I made a point about diversity of opinion in the last, in the, the, the first recording that I kind of moved on past, but I was talking about diversity of opinion, but I also believe that the, the way to combat COVID is probably by a diversity of, um, approaches. You know, if this is another part of the risk calculation that if we all just use one method of fighting the virus and it ends up not working or, you know, uh, God forbid the vaccine ends up causing some terrible side effect. Everybody 
is going to suffer that. And if it turns out that it works great, that'll be great too. And then I'll get vaccinated eventually, you know, I, I've said, I haven't ruled that out and I am not lying to you about that. It's just that <laughs> I think on long-term time scales, like a week is nothing to me. The fact that we couldn't even make it a week having this conversation makes me sad. I, I want to talk to you guys about this and it's important to me. So I'm going to try to continue to have a dialogue with you, even if you're going to ignore me. So, yeah. The, uh, if you have discovered this and you've gone back and listened to the first few episodes from around the election time, when I started recording stuff, um, you'll have heard me say the term red pill, um, before. And I would imagine that you probably all at least heard of the concept of the red pill somehow. Um, I think it, it means different things to a lot of different people. Um, one thing that it doesn't mean to me at all ha is about, you know, the party politics colors, like it has nothing to do with being a Republican or on the right or anything like that. Um, you can be a red, the, I, the, I would say the theme of the people I want you to at least try to hear their side of things is a very diverse group of people as far as like what they believe policy should be and what their perspective on all kinds of issues. Like I, I probably, I don't think I listen to two podcasts, um, on the regular basis, at least that a hundred percent agree on everything at all. Like it, some of them are really good friends with each other and they interact a lot, but they disagree about certain things and they talk about it. And that is the value. So anyway, the, the red pill. Okay. So first of all, it comes from the matrix movie, which I know speaking to my family again, I don't think, any of you are super familiar with, I know I'm sure you've all seen it, but essentially the red pill comes from the scene where, um, crap. I haven't seen it in a while. It's the Morpheus, uh, offers Neo the opportunity to escape from the matrix and, um, the blue pill allows you to, you know, he says that the, the, you have a choice. You can take the red pill or you can take the blue pill. And then the, if you take the blue pill, you'll fall asleep. We'll put you back in your bed. You'll wake up tomorrow morning and not remember any of this. And you'll just be back in the matrix, not knowing about the real world. And the, the red pill is what he ends up taking. And the red pill is what? wakes his body up and turns him into a real boy again to use the Pinocchio 
parallel. Um, and his, you know, and it, it wakes up his, his body in the real world where he is a battery for the AI machines that have taken over and turned humans into their, uh, farming product <laughs> to generate electricity. The, the matrix is awesome. I know you, you guys may not like it, but it's a really cool, it's a really cool concept in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so that's the notion of the red pill comes from that. And, you know, the, I think that Michael Malice is one of the people that I enjoy listening to and who I think is a absolute genius and uh, is having a big impact on politics, even though he's not, I guess, I mean, he is political, but he's not like, that's not his main focus. I think he just is a guy who enjoys like intellectual conversations and happens to be an anarchist and, and kind of like a right leaning anarchist. And he's an excellent writer and troll. But anyway, he, he, his definition of the red pill. And I think is the, it is definitely the one that I'm talking about when I talk about it. It's the idea that you recognize, um, or I don't want to say it in a condescending way. Cause it like that, <laughs> that you <clears throat> trying to be diplomatic, but essentially the idea is that you recognize that like the corporate media and the establishment powers of our culture are feeding you a complex, um, narrative that they want you to believe. And essentially recognizing that they, that there's not really a full they there. There kind of is like, but it's more of a like complex. And I tried to explain this in our text message conversation that I hated, um, that we're, we're, we're just, first of all, like text message is the absolute worst way to talk about anything beyond like I'm on my way over to your house to talk to you in person. I can't stand texting anymore. Like I got my fill of it <laughs> by the time there was like, uh, smartphones. I was sick of texting. Uh, but anyway, um, I was trying to respond to, the conversation and continue the conversation somewhat so that we could extend it into like the, the real world and, uh, have a meaningful conversation. Now, I don't think I did a great job of it cause I was trying, I'm trying to express extremely complicated ideas in a less than, you know, seven sentences is a bad idea. And I should have just not, texted about it because it sounds nuts. If you just read the text messages, I get it. I get why you 
that seemed unreasonable or whatever. Um, but I, I hope you think I'm more reasonable than those appeared to be trying to be honest with you. I'm just trying to express important ideas that I think are out there. And I recognize that other people haven't had the opportunity to like really immerse themselves like I have in all of this stuff and maybe to an unhealthy level at times. Um, I just, you know, if, if you want to hear, if you haven't listened to the rest of the episodes, uh, I would love for you to hear them. You know, I kind of talk about my frame of mind, like what, where all this comes from. And I'll mention the red pill a few times and kind of, that's the story of me becoming quote unquote red pilled. Um, and like realizing that there was a lot more to the world than I had previously understood. And, it, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't intend to sound condescending. I just, I, I found one of the things that I found so frustrating about the conversation that we've, I guess, ended for now is that I feel like, um, I'm being accused of being the ignorant one in all of this when I've literally spent thousands of hours listening to people talk about all kinds of ideas and current events. I don't just sit around and watch like mindless television all the time. I don't know if you think that's what I do. I do want, I do consume too much media and don't get enough exercise and stuff. I, I did freely admit to that, but I'm not ignorant to the world. I'm not just blocking everything out. I'm actually taking in an enormous amount of information all the time. And I'm, I'm always like, one of the points I was trying to make is that in, in our in-person conversation was that I have a set of people on YouTube or podcasts or whatever that who I have listened to talk for hours and hours about complex ideas and making arguments with each other and like two people that I adore and think are both very intelligent and have good ideas often have conversations with one another and totally disagree about certain things. And that's good. I, I think that that's a healthy way of consuming information. Now I certainly have some blind spots. Like I don't do a great job at following the local information and since I've been off Facebook, I really need to probably fill that gap more because at least when I was on Facebook, I followed the local news channels. And so I saw kind of what was being talked about there from time to time. 
I just found scrolling on those apps like to be a giant suck hole. And I would much rather, if I'm going to waste my time like consuming media, I would much rather do it in the form that I'm trying to convince you guys to at least try. Where you listen to somebody talk about ideas and have a stream of consciousness and not two talking heads from, you know, the corporate wings of of the right and the left who just yell at each other for three minutes and then they try to sell you some more cars and some more drugs and some more whatever on their commercials. So I wanted to get through that. I, you know, the reason I want to talk about that stuff isn't because I think there's some giant conspiracy to do with the vaccines. I just, it's, (laughs) there are, in my opinion, we are a far greater risk of our lives being destroyed by by our response to COVID-19 than the virus itself presents. Now, you know, that was not true in March of 2020. That was scary. I was, I was, I took the virus seriously and I still take it seriously. I just have to be realistic about it and look at the data and, you know, adjust to it as it comes in. Like we, we can't just live in fear of this forever and it's not going anywhere. And I know that's not what you want to hear, but what we're going to see in my opinion is going to be a series of spikes and valleys and infections. And there's going to be different variants that come along and they're going to make them all sound very scary because remember like the corporate news has learned to manipulate your emotions to a level that, that, that is very efficient. Um, I mean, it's classic. Like, You've, I'm sure you've all heard a joke about the, <laughs> the, the like uh, snippets that the the news companies will put in like after the commercial break on something else. Like you'll be watching a sitcom. I remember this from when I used to watch TV. Um, it'll be like watching a sitcom and there'll be like a commercial break. And then either, you know, sometime in the commercial break, <clears throat> there'll be a, an advertisement for their like 10 o'clock news show. And it'll be like Cobras are attacking children in the streets. And we know why tune in at 10. Obviously that's exaggerated, but it's an exam. It's like, my point is they're, they're more interested in selling you advertisements than in informing you and having nuanced conversations about anything. And, uh, 
over time, I think those systems have become bloated and corrupted. And that's not to say that everyone who works in them is bad at all or anything like that. It's, I just, I don't see how someone can't see that their goal is to get your eyeballs on their advertisements and they will do anything to do that. They'll tell you that the president who was elected was, you know, was on one side, they'll tell you the president who was elected was colluded with Russia and, um, you know, we have the evidence we've, I've, there will be three years of senators going on their news programs saying, I've seen the evidence and it, there's going to be a bombshell in a couple more days for three fucking years. And people just kept believing it. And then the report comes out and they've spent three years and who knows how many millions of dollars investigating these things and, and found almost nothing like almost nothing. So those are liars. And then there are people that did similar things about this last election. Um, like Sidney Powell, who kept saying, and others, not just, not just Sidney Powell, but, and others who kept saying that we have the evidence, the, the election was rigged and you're going to find out in a couple of weeks for 10 months now. It's the same thing. Is there, there's a term I don't know if how widespread it is, but I hear it a lot in the podcast world. People get called grifters all the time. That is the definition of grifting. Look over here. Pay attention to me. I have secret knowledge that only you can only find out from me, but I'll never tell it to you. Eventually you have to go, Okay, you don't have it. And and stop listening to those people. Like, there's nothing wrong with... We've all been tricked by someone. It's fine. <laughs> the, my favorite definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Like, can... I convince you to at least try just listening to different people. Like I, I, I would love to share with you guys some of these things, but it concerns me that I've sent, I, like I've sent mom and dad videos that are like 20 minutes long, which is incredibly short by my standards. Like that's, one of the shortest videos I'm going to watch most of the time. <coughs> Excuse me. 
that's like the the least amount of time I think somebody can express a complete thought that I want to hear most of the time. I mean, there are exceptions, um, but I've sent I've sent videos like that, like the, about Starship. I found this really cool new channel one time that had a really good, like concise description of what starship was and what it could represent if it is successful and how it's revolutionary and all the statistics about what its goals are and going to Mars. And it, it was like 20 something minutes, maybe 25 minutes. And I sent it to my parents and I don't even think they watched it. And I asked my dad about it a while later and he's like, I don't know. Like I wanted to watch it, but it was so long. And I'm like, I thought the boomers thought we had short attention spans. What, what's going on here? I don't know that that's disappointing to me too. I just, I want to have a conversation and I, I hope that you guys can find the time to try to see some of my perspective and uh, we can have a dialogue about it. Like I, I'm not saying I know everything. I don't I, in fact, like, that's exactly what I'm not saying. I don't know everything. Therefore I have, I, I'm, I'm good at recognizing what I don't know and I don't know and nobody knows what the outcome of the vaccines will be. And especially if like they're already, people are going to be taking boosters. I assume you guys will be taking boosters as soon as you can. How often are you going to do that? Like, are, are we going to do this every time there's a new, a new variant Pfizer makes another $50 billion. Is this, this is, I have no problem with people making money. Um, but I think that they should be, um, liable to some extent because otherwise, why would, why would, why would they even try to make them safe? Like, I'm sure individuals are trying, but the company as a whole has no reason to give a shit if it's hurting you. And that concerns me. So anyway, I'm over 31 minutes now on this one. So I'm going to cut it off, but I hope we can continue to have a dialogue about this. And, uh,